And today we consider Colossians chapter 3. This chapter is similar to the last uh, chapter in that it, it is predominantly made up of exhortations for Christian living. Now, uh, you can turn to you know, Exodus through Deuteronomy in the Old Testament and find nothing but exhortations because uh, there in, in the Old Testament it's nothing but law. Uh, do this, do this, do this, do this. What makes this different here is that Paul, uh, that Paul, what Paul does is he begins by reminding us, the reader, that we don't live uh, according to these exhortations in, in order to earn the favor of God, but we live according to these exhortations in light of the favor of God that we already have through Christ Jesus. That's what makes this different than pure law. This is why uh, before Paul delves into the exhortations, he spends the first four verses of the chapter reminding us again of the reality that we live in as a result of what Jesus has done for us. Again, good works are fruit. They're not the root of our salvation. The, you know, good works are inevitable because the Spirit of God is within us. Um, they, they, we, you know, it's like Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, the, the, he likens the work of the Spirit to the wind blowing and when the wind blows, inevitably the, the leaves on the trees rustle and move. You see the effects of the, of the wind blowing. In, in our lives, you will see the effect of the Spirit of God in our lives. But they are not the root of our salvation. Jesus and his work are. So let's look at a couple of things here. Uh, like I said, the chapter begins with a restatement of uh, some things that are true of us, even apart from our good works as Christians. And among those truths, uh, Paul says early on in this chapter, it's one of my favorite lines in Scripture. Paul says, of Christians, quote, verse 3, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love that imagery. We talk a lot about the fact that we have been forgiven in Christ, but we often don't think about that truth in this fashion, in this fashion that we are, uh, that, that we are, hidden in Christ. What does that mean? Hidden from whom? I take it to mean that our lives, that is our sinful lives, that is truly deserving of the wrath of God, that life of mine is now hidden, as it were, from the sight of God the Father. The perfect righteousness and blood of Christ uh, completely covers over our sins and failures. When, when God the Father looks at us now, by his own sovereign choice, he now sees Christ instead of us. John MacArthur uh, put it well once when he said, On the cross, God the Father treated Jesus as if he had lived your life. And now, because of what Jesus has done, uh, God the Father turns around and treats me as if I have lived Jesus' life. And that's true of you too. It's a, it's a really remarkable truth, and it's, it's the truth of every genuinely born-again Christian, irrespective of our good works and obedience, but based solely on, on the good works, obedience, and sacrifice of Jesus in, in our place. So the next time you stumble or sin and you come to confess it to God and repent, take comfort that he will accept your confession and repentance because at his judgment seat, your whole life is hidden with Christ. Well, let's think uh, first about lists <laughs> lists some people like to make lists um apparently paul was one of them his letters uh, are uh, littered in a good way with 
lists. They're some of the most helpful things in his letters. We find two very helpful lists here in Colossians 3. When we look at uh, the first four verses of the chapter, Paul reminds us of who we are in Christ and then gives the, the general admonition to seek the things that are above and set your minds on the things that are above. So the reader at that point might begin to wonder what that looks like and uh, what does it look like in real life to seek the things that are above? Well, in come the lists. Uh, it is true that when a person is converted to Christ, he's a new creation and the old is gone, new has come, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. But it's also true that the old doesn't leave in a hurry and the new doesn't arrive immediately. Remember Galatians five sixteen and 17. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit are still at war within us. But in the meantime, it's helpful to know for sure how to detect uh, our old man popping up and what the new man is supposed to look like. Paul has helpfully provided us lists here of many of the characteristics of both. In verses 5 through 9, Paul outlines many of the characteristics of the old man, the man that, uh, that we have in Christ put off with its practices, verse 9. When you see those things creeping up in your life, repent and move on. In verses 12 through 17, Paul likewise outlines many of the characteristics of the new man, the, the man that in Christ we have put on, verse 10. These are the things, the characteristics, that by the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit through the word of God, we are seeing manifested in our lives in increasing measure. We aren't perfect yet, but we will be one day, First John 3, 2. In the meantime, in the eyes of the judgment seat of God, we have already put off the old man and put on the new man because we're hidden with Christ in God, verse 3. But with regards to our daily life in Christ, until the, we, until the day we see him face to face, we are in, in, engaged, we're encouraged to be engaged in the battle of putting off and putting on. And these lists help us know one from the other. So let's make good use of them. That's a couple of thoughts from Colossians chapter 3.